Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I am your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I'm joined with the world's greatest co-host, Arif Bacchus. And we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, Microsoft stuff. Uh, we have some Windows news. We have some Teams news, sort of. Uh, we have some Edge news. Um, we've got some Flight Simulator news. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I'll let Air start us down. We'll start us off with the breakdown. And we're starting off with the biggest news of them all, which is uh, the big Windows 11 feature finally going live. Well, kind of, not really. Um, the <laughs> Windows 11 chat app is now available for some people to use. Uh, yours surely only has it on one of his PCs, but I know Kareem also had it. But if, you, if you're not able to chat, test out the new chat app, uh, we'll let you know what it is and get you up to speed on the new Windows 11 chat app. Yeah, then we got Edge version 92 coming out. We'll give you a breakdown of all the features, uh, new things that are being baked into it that you can kind of keep an eye out for and see how that's progressing. And then uh, we're not done with Windows 11. Uh, Microsoft just pushed out the fourth major Windows 11 build, and there's a lot of new stuff here that we want to get all, get all go through. Yeah, and then we have our favorite section, uh, which is the fast recap, where we can kind of stuff a ton of uh, smaller information into uh, a time block, meaning roughly about eight to ten minutes. I try to do six, four to six. Uh, it's just a personal challenge. But we'll be talking <laughs> about the Windows Store, Edge in the Windows Store, or showing up in the Windows Store, uh, redesigned context menus, uh, which is big because it's part of the design UI of uh, Windows 11, uh, the Amazon App Store, and support for Google uh, Google's new uh, Android app bundles, which were going to be kind of a hurdle for Microsoft. Uh, then we talk about Microsoft acquiring um a new cloud security provider which is kind of big uh and then we got some uh kind of news to cover to protect you guys which is uh the windows installer being kind of a trojan horse but we'll get into yep. that and lastly we might touch upon uh was our it's falling off my head on this one we were just talking about it off my uh, microsoft uh, just acquired a new uh cloud security leader cloud no, no, it, it was something different than that uh, well, well, when it comes up, it's going to come up again. <laughs> we'll fall through it, so don't worry. It'll come back to us. Yeah, and then uh, we got our favorite section, which is the week ahead. Where you yeah. Still brag about stuff. And in this case, it's not actually me bragging about stuff this week. It's our writer, our gaming editor, Laurent, who has a review code for Microsoft Flight Simulator on Xbox Series X. Um, I played with him for a little bit today in multiplayer, and he said that he was very impressed with load times and the frame rates and the overall performance of the game. And we have some of his uh, B-roll and some of his footage to share and some of his early impressions ahead of his full review coming up on Monday. Yeah, so with that being said, let's give you guys the news. Uh, today, we'll start off with the first, uh, which again, we hinted at the Windows 11 chat app, which was a Microsoft attempt to oust Skype in favor of Microsoft Teams. Uh, it just started showing up for devices. I believe that the rollout is, I've been saying AV because not every device is getting it, not every insider is getting it. So uh, don't feel left out or that, you know, your insider uh, new build is broken or anything like that. It just may <laughs> not have come. Uh, the other thing that I found kind of might work too is uh, after I installed the most, the latest uh, Windows 11 build, if you restart it after that, you know, another yeah. restart for some reason, the app will show up in the taskbar sometimes. So that's, that's uh, what I, worked for me on my PC on one PC, but I tried it on another and I didn't get it. So it's still possibly an A-B testing and a small test 
and a small rollout. As long as you didn't restart and it bricked, I think you, yeah. <laughs> you'll be fine to wait for it. But yeah, um, with that being said, we'll give you the super brief experience with it because unfortunately it is for some reason uh, assigned to your Microsoft Teams personal account uh, and it only uses that uh, and it doesn't it doesn't have the full-fledged SMS support that I guess we were led to believe it's going to have at some point down mm -hmm. the road so those of you who don't have a breadth of friends and family using Teams which I think is about 80 95 99% <laughs> of us um, it really is just an app to kind of show you what's to come uh, as far as my experience with it uh, I have nobody that I know uh, friends wise you know ours one of my closest friends, but we use a team's uh, business account. So I don't have any personal friends to kind of test it out with. So I've only been able to kind of open and close, open and close the window. That's about it so far. But you're not really missing out much if you use the um, quote unquote unauthorized app that we talked about last week. Um, it's pretty much that's what it is. If you click the chat button in the taskbar, it'll bring up that nice little hub showing you all of your um, messages that you have in Teams for Life. And then you could also click open in Microsoft Teams and then it will open up that uh, that new app that we talked about last week, which is which is not the Electron app. It's that new um, faster and more streamlined version of Teams and you get all of your chats there, but you still can't make video calls and you still can't make audio calls. It's, it's basically a very limited experience at the moment, but uh, Microsoft has said that there is more to come. And by the way, if you're not seeing it, uh, the icon that is, you could try to summon it by hitting Windows key and C on your keyboard, and it should open up the Teams and the chat app as a pop-up window, which will float above the taskbar. And then you can get into more Teams chat by clicking open Microsoft Teams. So it's not your iMessage or your FaceTime replacement just yet at the moment, at least. Yeah, you'll actually get more functionality of just using SMS text on your phone app. Yeah. Uh, if you have an Android phone uh, with an iPhone, uh, I don't know, use the new, I or is it the messages, iMessage invite or something like that. Either way, uh, it's early stages. And again, um, I'm not uh, writing it off just yet because when the, the your phone app was in early stages and it was very yeah. uh, minimal, but it has become fairly, fairly robust. So, uh, and with them getting rid of Skype or at least replacing it as far as consumers are concerned, I expect them to put a lot of work into this. So we'll see where they go in the next, uh, what do we got, August, September, uh, three, October, four November, months, yeah. three and a half, four months. So it's still pretty, it. it's still pretty nice though, because before when you wanted to chat with someone in Teams for Life or Teams for Consumer. I don't know what people call it, but that's what I call it. I just call yeah. it the very boring Teams personals. What I, that's what they originally launched it as. So you would I, need you would need to add it to your actual like professional account and then switch to it via the um the profile menu, and it's sometimes confusing. And then you get two kinds of notifications, and it gets a little bit messy. But now with the integration. You're you're able to separate out your personal from your more from your um, work a little bit more easily. And I've been using it to chat with uh, our previous guest on the show, Florian, about Windows Insider stuff and about Windows 10 stuff. And it's nice to have that quick access to personal chats if your friends are using it at least. But if your friends aren't using it, maybe you might need to go back to Skype or iMessage or FaceTime or some other app. Uh 
for the time being. Again, yeah. as we mentioned in the future, the idea is that they are going to somehow, again, they haven't really clarified how they're going to do this handoff to SMS. I believe I tried to send out my first, because uh, what the app will do uh, for a lot of you uh, is it will pull contacts from your uh, Outlook account as well. So you'll have a bunch of people in there that you can reach out to. Um, but it, it says, I think, with the opening messages that they will be sent a message, uh, letting them know about your request or something like that. I've tried sending out a message. It doesn't go through just yet. But uh, again, in the future, perhaps you'll just be able to start typing up a message. And if they don't have Teams enabled, uh, it'll just send them a text message. And then you'll get your you know, back and forth conversation through that as well. And then uh, Microsoft is planning to make this a quote unquote first class experience for consumers with support for together mode, live emoji reactions, the ability to share your screen, drag and drop photos, videos, and other files with your contacts and so much more. So again, like we've said like a million times now in the last 10 minutes, this is just the beginning. So don't dismiss the app entirely just yet. Keep hold of your Skype. Tell it tell it you love it. It's still around. <laughs> and speaking of still around, Edge is still around and it's always getting updates. And I'll let you get into what's new in Edge version 92. Yeah, uh, Edge 90 or Edge itself is just, you know, it seems to be whatever the development team they have for this has just been on a roll of knocking out uh, updates and feature sets uh, left and right uh, much better or much faster than what they had when they were using the uh, uh, Edge html engine or whatever yeah which, chromium one allows them to move faster yep. and then a microsoft uh, version 92 uh they i think we will be getting support for more secure protocols and navigation from http to https uh on domain so uh as you know the web is requiring a lot more people to have https um or at least uh, pro, pro, uh, prioritizing those uh secure more secure protocols um, the other notable feature in version 92 is uh, it would include natural language search for browser histories on the uh, address bar, so uh, which will let users type things like cake recipe for last week. Uh, I think we had mentioned yeah. some of this with uh, the evolved being search. This is just it seems like it's a correlation with this where it's allowing people to, again, be more casual with uh, the searches. Uh, from both the being search bar and now from the URL to get to certain destinations. So no longer needing to just type in www dot whatever it is specifically. And the biggest feature is the uh, password health dashboard, which is very huge because a lot of people might be reusing passwords across different websites. And that might mean your password, if one password is leaked, all of your passwords are leaked. And then you're in big trouble because um, they might have access to all of your accounts. But this new feature in Edge, if you visit the, um, I believe it is under the profile section, and then, profile, you, yeah. and then you click uh, set a, a pass, save passwords, you'll see a score of your password and how strong it is and if it is leaked online and how weak it is. And if you don't like it, you could hide it entirely and tell Edge, no, don't look at my password, and no, don't tell me, I don't care. My password is fine the way it is. But it's uh, Microsoft trying to keep you safe uh, when you're browsing online and making sure that you're not reusing the same password and that none of your um, social media and shopping and bank information and all that stuff, none of it is compromised. Yeah, it's a super useful feature that uh, I actually just, I've been testing it out because I've been on Canary and things like in dev and whatnot. 
Um, but uh, today I got a notification saying 16 of my passwords are leaked. So I go in <laughs> and, and yeah, it's because I'm an idiot and use variations of the same password. And so like three sites or whatever things I was subscribed to had the same one. Three other ones had a different one that was a variation. Either way, it's a, it was a mess. Uh, but I went in and uh, was able to change those. You know, it, it allow you to uh, scan for further leaks or anything like that, right from yep. the uh, uh, settings dashboard. And then once you go, if you opt in to change them, uh, it'll link, it'll uh, drop you straight into whatever account it was uh, that you need to change it. And you can change it there, uh, save it in the password manager setup. Uh, and the other cool thing that I found out is uh, there were so many old passwords I had. They were still pretty strong, but I didn't memorize them because, you know, I've become so dependent on my browser autofilling that I had to give my wife information about one. And you can go in to this password manager and you can view. There's an option to view the password itself. So you can yep. see what characters you have listed. So uh, when you know it came time to give her um, the password and the username and all that kind of stuff, I was able to you know go in and quickly within, I think, 45 seconds, find the website, find the username, find the password and the exact characters, things like that, and give it to her. So uh, again, super cool uh, new features. Uh, Again, I think last past took uh, took, took a, uh, a pricing change and they at the started, wrong time. Yeah, they, they started they charging. Yeah, yeah. And, um, on mobile too. Now um, Edge on mobile is able to pick up on some of your saved passwords and sync it up with the app associated with that password. So I believe I think Instagram and Pinterest are two websites right now that could pull your actual uh, password from Edge itself without you having to re-enter um, the password twice. Yeah. One, one also, more new feature. Yeah, and I know it's not password related, but there is uh, credit card information yep. that can now be shared across platforms. Uh, I just found this out again today. Uh, so if you are entering a credit card, uh, say you're shopping on Amazon on the desktop and you're now on your phone and you have uh, you know, your settings synced, when you start to go put in information for that, uh, Microsoft will ask you, would you like to use, and then you could have credit, specific credit cards listed under different nicknames. So if you have like, you know, family credit card, personal credit card, uh, don't want the wife to find out credit card, you could have <laughs> those all listed for immediate use. So it's, you know, Edge is becoming pretty robust, uh, both on desktop and mobile. And uh, enough about Edge now, let's go back to Windows 11. We just took a quick little uh, break a yeah. little bit to give you That's some good. breathing room to get prepared for the big, news which is the fourth major windows 11 build um this was released i believe it was thir late thursday around 5 p.m eastern which is a bit weird for microsoft to release a build at that time but there's a couple of uh, noticeable changes first of all um, apps in the taskbar will now start flashing when a background activity requires attention it always used to do that in windows 10 but it was this very annoying orange flash that just would not stop until you touch the app itself. But now it's a little bit more subtle where it's this soft little pill icon that has a little red notification dot and eventually it will fade away after a couple of uh, minutes or seconds, I presume. So that, that is one big change. And then they also, Microsoft also updated the hidden icons flyout on the lower right of the taskbar to look them work to look a little bit more consistent with the rest of Windows 11. So before it used to be squared and like like the rest of what Windows 11 is, it's finally rounded now. Um, that is another big change. And then the third big change in this build is the ability to quickly access 
focus assist settings from the notification center and the touch keyboard icon in the taskbar being updated to match the size of the other icons in the area of the taskbar. So that is just four big changes in this new Windows 11 build. And I'll let you get into your own thoughts on this build because I know you're always eager and always anxious to try out new builds. Yeah, um, I know we use the word big and a lot of times, but for a lot of people uh, in perspective, these are still relatively small, small yeah. UI changes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it, but the great, the, the benefit about this is that uh, you'll notice, at least I did anecdotally, that the download and the install and the restart for this is yep. fairly, fairly small. So I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, when I used to get Windows 10 updates, no matter what the size was, no matter what the feature set was, it was always super long. So you could get one where it's like, oh, we changed the start menu to add, you know, a different color behind the letters. And it would take almost 30 minutes for <laughs> an, uh, a uh, download, install, and restart. This one, it took, I don't know, maybe a little bit over a minute and a half uh, for all of that. So again, it's hopefully when we start seeing feature sets come in, they're representative of uh, what we're going to be getting for the install and download and uh, restart for, for most of these things. The other thing I want to note is that uh, we'd mentioned that the keyboard, which I'm using, becoming a big fan of on my Surface Go uh, 2, uh, making it small and things like that, I uh, find it popping up and making sure that I can get access to it much easier from the bottom taskbar, uh, making sure the icon is the same size and stuff like that has been fairly helpful in the last 12 and a half 14 hours or whatnot, and uh, being able to access focus assist uh, more easily at the very top versus having to drill down into um, the new icons at the you know bottom of the action bar or whatnot is also very uh, uh, helpful because when I'm at work, um, I just tend to put everything on priority only. Yep. When I get home, I just let everything kind of, you know, I let the dam break and all my alerts come through. But being able to kind of toggle back and forth between those without having to get into those is pretty nice. Um, one other thing I want to talk about is that, uh, and this isn't new, but I just want to kind of put it on people's radars if they haven't already been doing this. You guys are probably better chances than myself. Uh, is that when you go to change the icons in the action center for the settings that you want, I find it way easier in Windows 11 to do that than I did in Windows 10. And I think part of that is because of the way uh, Windows 10 would kind of do the send you to settings to change that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, everything was just a link to the settings itself. In this version, so if you're interested in changing just the uh, uh, preloaded ones that they have uh, suggested, you can hit the pin icon and change not only which ones you want, you can add subtract ones. So they have a, a sub menu if you have a, if you hit the plus sign of uh, quick settings to add there and you can move the positioning of those right within the action center so you never have to leave your screen to make those changes just something i thought i'd know for people who are uh, wanting to change or get more granular with windows 11. i did miss one thing which was an update for the microsoft store which now has a cool new animation when you oh, click yeah. an app the whole thing like pulls up to the top and then it when you close away it pulls down back into the bottom so it's a neat little animation that you get when you're clicking through different apps in the store itself. And Microsoft says it should feel a little bit more faster and fluent now. Yeah, um, I think what they've decided to do, and I think this is part of what uh, Android is doing, is that they are taking the animations and substituting the frame rates in the animations for speed. You know, uh, right. it may may not actually be faster, but uh, it gives your eye something to look at and uh, count time with as it transitions versus like, you know, we used to get like 
a black screen for transition, a fade out or something like that. Or when it comes to resizing, uh, windows would go from whatever size you wanted and jump straight to the next size. So it felt jittery versus now when you resize, there's that fluid shadow of you know right. whatever you're resizing. So I think what they're doing is they're going to be relying heavily on GPUs. So we'll see how that goes in the future. But the GPUs are also going to help uh, with animations and what seems like speeding up or at least making more fluid uh, your actions on the screen. So like you said, when you click down from the uh, app that you're looking at and go to another app, it, you know, it makes sense, the transition in the flow. So I'm looking forward to it. It looks really cool. Yeah. And that is just some of the changes in this uh, latest Windows 11 Windows Insider build. Uh, you could check out the full change log over at our website where our writer uh, gave it a full run through. So you don't need to go searching if you just installed the build and you want to know what is new, what is fixed, what is broken and more. And Correct. speaking of, now it's time for our fast recap. All right. Put and we have clock. like six different topics to get through, so I'll give us the full 10 minutes this week. It was eight minutes. Remember, we got to give them eight minutes. So I'm just we've putting been, 10. We've been inching 10. 10, right. just to be safe. And, and get I'm, us I'm gonna started. The difference. I'm going to say six. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> right. whoever, whoever, whoever is right gets a free Surface Pro 8 at the end. I know. You're you listening <laughs> okay. right here, Panos. This is what we're talking about here, buddy. All right, so get us started with the new Edge in uh, appearing in the Windows 11 store. Yes, uh, this will be the first time I believe that Microsoft has offered its browser in the store as a sort of standalone install. I don't know how exactly this will work in the future because I believe Edge is already installed. Uh, it's already pre-installed on everything you buy, so uh, I don't understand why they need a Win32 Edge app in the store unless it's just a way to show developers how easy it is to get Edge itself. So it's telling people like you don't need to go to the website to get an app, you just go in the store and search for it and then you'll find it that way. Yeah, um, this also may be part of um, I think what we talked about last week as far as Microsoft's uh, Windows as a service, uh, this right. could be a step towards that. Um, right now, like you said, I think this is just for developers to kind of show, uh, you know, dog fooding their own uh, development platform. But I do believe in the future, if you were going to stream uh, your Windows uh, device or your Windows setup onto a device, you may be able to just go in the store and also bring the browser with you if it's not obviously pre-installed. Uh, on whatever uh, version uh, or setup you have or cloud version you have for Windows. So, um, but I mean, if you want to go in and check it out, you can. Uh, you can it, maybe it's prompting people just to check out more stuff in the store. Uh, I don't know. Again, I because when Edge powers so much more than maybe say like an office or right. um, um, uh, mail and calendar apps or whatever, it just seems odd that they would put this in the store even though it's already in the system. But it's there. And what else is there is redesigned context menus in and also a new share dialog in Windows 11. Yeah, uh, again, this is all going towards the new look and feel of uh, Microsoft's Windows 11. And, you know, this is catering towards all of us who were saying that you need to be consistent throughout. Uh, and that starts with the context menus. Uh, what we're seeing now is, uh, again, a mix of icons, uh, better padding on the spacing between the words. Uh, there are submenus that you're allowed to click into as well uh, that bring up further context menus that are visually aligned with 
uh, for the most part, vision aligned with uh, what you're looking at. Um, and there's a show more options, uh, which again, will take you to new context menus as well. And other than that, um, their Microsoft is also not, well, not Microsoft, Amazon had some news about Windows 11 apps and the Amazon App Store. Yeah, um, we had mentioned about two or three weeks ago that um, right around the same time that, or I guess a few weeks ago, right around the same time that Microsoft announced that Android apps are coming to uh, the store, Google decided to put the kibosh on it and say, well, <laughs> only old apps are coming into the store because they implemented uh, an Android app bundle. Um, I will take responsibility on what I wrote. I, I believe I went in and updated it since that uh, some of what we early reported was taken out of context. Um, the way Android app bundles work is that they uh, are just a new way that Google is wanting uh, uh, developers to leverage the Play Store and all of its features. It isn't necessarily cutting off access to APKs, which will still be used uh, for new and old apps. Uh, old apps will still run just as they did before. Uh, what Amazon is doing, which will help uh, Microsoft's Endeavor because they're running Android apps through the Amazon Store on Windows 10, is that they're supporting this new app bundle. So plainly put, any new apps that come up, that show up on the Play Store can show up in the Amazon Store and thus show up in Windows. So you won't miss out on the next version of TikTok or uh, or whatever new, uh, I think is it Clubhouse or whatever, anything new like that, uh, because it is now following this new Android app bundles. Amazon will support it, which means Microsoft will support that, which means we will get it in the Windows Store. And speaking of app bundles and apps and all these downloadable things, uh, we we want you guys to be very careful when you go on the internet and you type in Windows 11 download because a new report from K K uh, Kaspersky, which is a firm, a Russian firm that makes um, anti anti spyware and antivirus software, says that there are a lot of fake Windows 11 installers out there. That if you download them, they, it'll just infect your computer with all kinds of ugly stuff. So when you're looking for Windows 11, the only way to get it right now is via the Windows Insider program on your computer itself. So don't go downloading stuff out there that will just damage your computer and put you at risk. Yeah, it's a very simple process. Um, there's no requirements to being an insider. Uh, I think, well, I take that back. You do need to have a Microsoft account. For those of you who are looking yep. to uh, go around this because you have a Microsoft account and try and download these installers, do so at your own risk. The rest of you, just get a Microsoft account. Uh, Microsoft yeah. uh, account. It's very easy. It's a simple email. It could be a junk email if you want to. Uh, once you have one, it's super easy to become an insider. It takes one restart and you're in there and you can pick which channel you would like. Um, so it's, you know, I would rather you guys do that than, you know, Damn. scour the <laughs> net for these nefarious versions. And speaking of the net, uh, Microsoft acquired a new cloud uh, leader, uh, CloudNox Security. Yeah, uh, CloudNox is a leader in CIEM, which is, I believe, an acronym for, let me see if I can get this right, uh, Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management. Uh, so um, they brought them on board, I believe, this week. They are the third in a line of uh, cloud uh, security protections of uh, firms that uh, Microsoft has acquired, uh, the first being Risk IQ and Refirm Labs. Uh, what they will be getting, uh, or at least what users will be getting, uh, I'm assuming maybe in the next few months or so down the road, uh, is they will be getting the ability to um, fold in unified privilege access 
uh, with entitlement management uh, provisions. Uh, and these will probably be, you know, these will most likely be used in uh, Microsoft Azure Active Directory. So IT managers will be, be able to uh, grant permissions a little bit more granularly than uh, they have been before. You won't have just a blanket access to a uh, specific area or uh, specific file sets or everything. Uh, with this, uh, the IT managers will be able to kind of lock off things at certain times, in certain areas, under certain circumstances and conditions. So. Again, this is just Microsoft padding uh, Azure's Active Directory uh, feature set. And uh, there's also something else out there about a change in Windows 11 dark mode and Windows 11 night mode. This was a sort of a little bit of controversy where Microsoft said they would ship commercial PCs with the dark mode enabled. But um, now Microsoft has issued a correction and we put out a post about it today as an apology because Microsoft is confirming that Windows 11 won't be using dark mode by default on commercial SKUs. They said that um, the company explained that Windows 11 will actually ship with the light mode turned on by default, but PC manufacturers will be able to ship their own PCs with a dark mode if they choose to. So just a little bit of a correction there on our part. Yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to add that I was mentioning at the top that I'd forgotten is that, yeah, <laughs> uh, PC manufacturers can ship with dark mode. Microsoft says they're listening to customer feedback and this may change in the future. I call BS because if they're listening to customer feedback, they know dark mode is the more favorite one. Just ship it out of the box, Microsoft. And th with that said, I think we got through everything we wanted to talk about this week, which means it is time for our week ahead segment. Yes, uh, I'm sure we didn't do it in six minutes, so... I lose this one. I <laughs> Yo, my co-host, uh, Surface Pro 8. <laughs> exactly. But uh, for the week ahead this week, we're talking about Microsoft Flight Simulator because um, Microsoft Flight Simulator is hitting Xbox Series X and Xbox Series X con S consoles next week on Monday. And it'll be available for download. And uh, it is a Xbox Play Anywhere title. So you could play with your friends who have the game on PC. And that is what me and our gaming editor, Laurent, ended up doing today. We played a little bit of Flight Simulator together. And we crashed our airplanes over JFK Airport. Because we are totally irresponsible flyers. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he did uh, provide us with some B-roll. Because he's testing the game ahead of his... Uh, full impressions and hands-on impressions, which will be coming on Monday. And um, we'll be playing it in the background throughout this little segment here. And overall, he says that he is pretty impressed with how the game is performing. Um, he said that um, it loads pretty quickly compared to the um, version on PC. Um, when I was playing on my PC, mine took around five or six minutes to load and I was still in the loading screen and he was already loaded on the tarmac and flying in the air so it just it just shows you how powerful the Xbox hardware is that it's able to run um, Xbox to run a flight simulator so powerful without any issues it's like it should have been made for it right <laughs> I know it should have came out on Xbox first and then shipped over to PC I, I wonder if they if there would have been a baiting switch where it's like guys we don't have Halo, but we do have this awesome flight simulator, and that been the exclusive for the year. I think it could have sold not only well, it, it could have been one of the key pivots for Microsoft saying, like, yeah, they do first-person shooters, but have you seen Flight Simulator? 
And then it also plays at uh, 30 frames per second on Xbox Series uh, X. But if you have one of those new, I think it's HDR10 compatible PCs, uh, I'll correct it if I'm wrong. I'll have a note at the bottom of the, the screen. But if you have a, um, a new one of those newer displays, it's able to, to run a little bit higher because of the new technology with the Xbox Series X. Yeah, and uh, I still want to go back to Microsoft Xbox being a simulator platform. Yeah, first-person shooters, platformers, role players, simulators. Uh, I, I think they should be known for that. So uh, specifically, uh, Laurent, he left a message about this, and I'm reading it to be responsible and correct myself because I think I was wrong. He said that the developers said that the game is targeting 4K at 30 frames per second on the Xbox Series X, but the frame rate can't go above 30 frame rates on screens with variable refresh rate or FreeSync technology if you have it on your television. So that is my correction, and that is what I meant to say. Look at that, real-time news right there. <laughs> yeah. gentlemen, you got it live. And um, I'm also doing a review of a new uh, GameStar product. I reviewed their um, con- their uh, controller for the, um, for the um, iPhone a couple of months ago, and they were kind enough to send me over the, they call it the F7 Claw, which is a little uh, controller that you could clip onto your tablet while you play games like Fortnite or Call of Duty, and it makes your tablet a little bit easier to hold in the hand. So that is one review of mine that is coming up next week as well. Uh, yeah, uh, I have, I still have some hardware. I'm getting through that slowly. Uh, but my next two exciting ones are mostly software. Like I said, I am still in the midst of my uh, creator uh, review of different uh, video editing software. Uh, and I'll follow that up with some audio editing ones as well. Uh, and I just started playing around with seriously uh, the Outlook PWA. So I want to compare the plethora of uh, mailing uh, options you have in Windows and find out which one uh, I think works best for my workflow. And that's that will actually include Gmail as well, uh, the Mail app, uh, Outlook, and Outlook.com. Uh, I think Thunderbird is another one, and Yahoo Mail. I'm going to try them all and see which one works best. But so far, I'm really enjoying the experience for the Outlook PWA, just the way it kind of contextualizes uh, switching between the calendar app, your task app, the way it brings in notes, I think is super uh, efficient and, and useful. Uh, I know that the Outlook app um, doesn't currently do that, uh, neither does the mail app, but this one does. So uh, I'm gonna try and bring that to you just so you guys can uh, triage email a little better. You're going full on with PWAs, aren't you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot because I feel, again, I, I want it to be the future. I know it's gonna be a few years from now before people are like, oh, okay, I don't really necessarily need the app. Because again, I like the fluidity and the design of the mail app, but this PWA, it's got something there. There's, there's something big there. And uh, I think that said, that is everything we wanted to talk about, unless you have anything else you want to add. Uh, no, that's going to be it for me. Uh, busy week of software reviews, a few hardware pieces as well. And I will be off uh, next week because I'm heading on a little trip. So Kareem will have his own special episode with a special guest next week. So I don't know if you want to talk about that right now. Yeah, we're going to bring on a, 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 a podcast favorite. Shane's going to be here, uh, which means we'll probably be talking about some hardware. We'll find some hardware to talk about, even if it's not a surface uh, at the moment. Uh, we'll find something to talk about. Uh, and then whatever other news, I believe that Microsoft is earning call uh, next week as well. So we'll talk about money and 
how financially the surface is doing as well. And some other things, whatever the news is for that week. So uh, if you were a fan of Shane and his uh, duo reporting, surface duo reporting, uh, he'll be on next week to help us out with the news. All right, everybody. And that said, I think we are done for today. So uh, see you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter. Uh, and again, that's Mindhead1, not Mindhead, because as you guys all know, we're still trying to get that uh, label back. Uh, where can they find you? A back journey. Yeah, and you can also find all of our giveaways, uh, all of our reviews, all of our opinion pieces, all of the league breaking news, polls as well, uh, and just straight up images and fun stuff uh, at on Microsoft, which is also on Twitter as well. Um, I'm going to see if we can convince our editor-in-chief to start posting on uh, TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> I doubt that's going to be a thing for us, uh... but hey, it's worth a shot. We could have like little, what do they call it, reels of our our uh, podcast, and it will go trending on TikTok and also on Twitter, on um, Instagram. Yeah. I was listening to The Verge the other day, and they said that they had a whole audience on TikTok. They didn't realize that The Verge was actually a tech website. They just thought they were some kind of like TikTok, like, you know, 10 to 15 second informational web, uh, like news thing. And <laughs> the person who like runs the account was like, no, we have a full website full of stuff. So... Maybe we'll get a new audience there. Who knows? So we're we're ho- we're hopping on TikTok the week after next week, and we'll be doing a thirty-second podcast. Uh, this will be a first, and it will be trending all over the internet. We're gonna bring back Quibi this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, uh, thanks for watching, and uh, as always, see you again soon. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>